with the 10 to 1 podcast with your host, Brad Olin, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Loud. And here's the podcast. Do you base that more on Daryl Hammond or John Carter? Oh, definitely John Carter. Like, Daryl Hammond is like a quicker. What do you got for that? Oh, and yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. That's a pretty good Ego one. Nwoda. I mean, Nate, I always knew he was doing Don Pardo. Did you not know that? No, he was- I knew that. I just didn't know, you know, as he's pulling from within a little bit and trying to say, does Chloe he want to Does he want to bridge those gaps a little bit? No. Or okay. For me, for me, the SNL announcer is always Don Pardo. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Always will be. And, and you know, no offense to to No, no, no. Daryl Hammond, he's, he's Why doing- don't you guys like Daryl Hammond? <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the show. Yeah, that sounded very part of me. By the way, you did a it, good job tonight. Yeah, oh, it is. Uh, welcome to the Ten to One podcast. We are a Saturday Night Live rewatch and recap podcast, and we've got uh, so my friends here, Ben Conowitz. Hey, how are you? Good man, I'm great. And we got Brad Omen from Slash Film, editor extraordinaire. Also writes an article recapping uh, Saturday Night Live each week for Slash Film. I have not read your article, but I'm excited to unpack a little bit of your thoughts. How you doing, Brad? Pretty good. Never read one of them. No, don't but do have it. Have you really never read it? Never one, because I don't. I don't want to. I, I always watch it after his review comes out. Usually. And there's and there's no opportunity for him to read it afterwards because it disappears. Well, no, because I I don't. Uh, I already like it comes out on Sunday mornings or whatever it is, and I I have to watch the show Sunday afternoon, and then and then it, and then I have my own opinions, and so yours no longer matter. All Great. right. Really nice. So we've got a new episode of Saturday Night Live. Woody Harrelson is on this episode, getting his. Final five time jacket, right? But not the only person. No, no, you're right. I'm gonna say it's his final five time yeah, jacket because I don't sure. know if he's gonna be on again. Uh, but Jack White also five timer. Did you guys know this? That Jack White is the first five timer never to host. Uh, I did not. Know I that. did not know that. And I also, I, I don't. Th- do they give five timers jackets to musical guests? They don't. They don't. No. Right? no that, well, they, they, they did this they week. Made. Yeah. It, spoiler alert. They made that happen this time, and I'm glad they did. Yeah, no, it was a it was a fun gag and a cool thing to see, but I bet you now there's a bunch of other you know musicians who are like, "What the fuck?" This is a thing. <laughs> but if there's one person who should get it, it's Jack White. I love Jack White. Did yeah. you guys watch? Because we I know. watched I watched the first twenty seconds of both of it, like I always do, and then I, I cut right to the next uh, weekend update. I watched the full first one. Uh, I like Jack White's music, and I, so I was actually interested. But I was also fascinated by the visuals yeah, I, on I the ground. I was like, I was, I was like, how the fuck did they do that? Like, are, were they stepping on things? Were there things? Swirling? So I think it was a combination. I, I think that they had, they might have had an LED wall under them, but I don't know if that's entirely true either. Because I, I think that the first one might have just been like a lighting trick. But I, but I really don't know. But it was, it was really impressive. Yeah, no, I liked it very much. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Guys, we, Woody Harrelson. He hosted uh, with Jack White as a musical guest, and uh, we're going to talk about the episode here, which uh, we'll just say right off the bat, pretty rough. So uh, buckle up and get ready for <laughs> some uh, not-so-hot takes, but it's going to be hard to hear if you're a Woody Harrelson fan. You know, Brad, part of the struggle for me, too, is uh, it wasn't a great episode, and again, we'll probably say that a hundred times uh, over the next 45 to minutes to an hour, but... It's coming off the back of, I thought, three pretty good, a block of pretty good episodes yes. yeah. um, on a season that's not been bad at all. And so this is, for me, this was a really sour note on a otherwise decent season. So we'll see. All right, let's start with the cold open. Uh, Trump train visit written by Mike DeCenzo, Allison Gates, James Austin Johnson, and Ken Sublett, former President Donald Trump, played by James Austin Johnson, delivers a message to East Palestine, Ohio residents Following the train derailment, also Chloe Feynman did something. 
we've talked about this before on this podcast. If you're new with us, uh, we are political people. We don't dislike politics. We are politically engaged. We get tired of some of the political cold opens. What did you guys think of this one? I didn't hate it, uh, even though it was still a retread of the same Donald Trump running through talking points and jumping around, you know, um, that kind of thing. There were a, a, a few moments I thought were pretty funny, just the way he said something and, like, rattled it off. No matter how frustrated I get with the the re- repetitive nature of what they're doing with Donald Trump as a character on SNL, James Austin Johnson is, like, just he just does a great Trump impression. And, and it somehow gets better, and it's always been impeccable. Yeah, and he just he just has a way of saying certain things that they just they sound funny and so it'll make me laugh. But uh overall not not impressed. By comparison, I think I probably liked it a little bit better after seeing the rest of the episode and I was like, well this wasn't all that bad. Um but yeah, not it was fine. It was fine. Did, did you guys get what Chloe Feynman was going for? I mean obviously there so is I, that I don't character. know that I don't know that person. There there is a person, but I I didn't think it was a very accurate impression of the person. Yeah, I didn't see the. I, I try to avoid all of the the Trump stuff as much as possible, so I didn't see the actual I do, video. I do like that the the more that uh, James Austin Johnson does Trump, the the more he drops articles. Mm-hmm. So he'll say like, "Train, train went bad." <laughs> Instead of <laughs> that, that was one that was one that I like. I really, I'm like, okay, this is he's doing it more and more, and, and I'm here more and more for it. Uh, I, I love the fact that he doesn't say a the and it just goes. Right I love it. I love the the Pete Butt rant too. Yeah, that was, that was just that <laughs> Pete was Butt just a, just a, just a good name. We tried other ones. Uh, it's Didn't not going to get any better than that. Pete Butt's the best one. Pete Butt. It, there, there are subtleties to an impression that he picks up that yeah. is, makes him such a skilled impressionist. This was okay, like you said, in in the scope of the episode. I, I'm glad that Certainly. they didn't do a thing where they like had the running clock and then went down it. Yeah, if they would have done the graphics, it would have been more frustrating. I'm glad that they kind of let us just follow along his nonsense and not lay that out in the way that they did the previous couple yeah. times. So overall, you know, if you're gonna do a political cold open, it's not the worst I've ever seen. Not the best. It's middling. Uh, James Austin Johnson is fantastic as him. Don't know what Chloe Feynman was really up to there, but you know. If I, uh, I think Brad kind of nailed it right there. If I would have known uh, what was in that store, the highlight I, would come at the beginning. Yeah, I would like, wow, that was a pretty good sketch comparatively. Here's where I struggle a little bit with this: is we're still in Trump world, right? Trump is not the president; he hasn't been the president for a while. Well, um, not in your America. So we're still doing, <laughs> we're still bringing Trump impressions in. Obviously, you have James Austin Johnson, who was popular before SNL for his, his yep. Trump. But we're getting ready for another election cycle with Trump in it. I just kind of want to break from Trump a little bit in every way, in yeah. every way, not just like you know on SNL in every way, like in life. Yes, and he's, so he's old. Is he sick? Well, fingers crossed. Oh no, that's I'm not wishing death on anybody. But, but nope, I am. Okay, I, I just. I, I just am sick of it as well. I, I want this to be, and I, I have read a, a few articles about how many senators are n- not going to be running against uh, the Republican nominee because it's going to be Trump. And so a lot of these people are young enough that they're going to sit on the sidelines. So it very possibly- and Just watch the world burn. It, it might well be you know Donald Trump versus Joe Biden again. Holy crap. I don't know that I want to watch that SNL. I will be very excited to see how they make light of the forthcoming Civil War, though. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. It's called The Divorce. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on. Monologue by Woody Harrelson, written by Steve Higgins, Streeter Seidel, Ben Silva, Will Steven. So uh, before we comment on this, this has obviously gotten some... (laughs) Pass. So this has obviously gotten some headlines because of some uh, perceived anti-vax statements that... Oh, perceived. uh, Well, I mean, he he doesn't 
come out and say he's anti-vax. He just essentially says that the pharma companies are drug dealers and all these kind of things. And then now, forcing you to take drugs to leave your home. Now, once you research Hilarious punchline. Once you research Woody Harrelson a little bit, you get the you get the feeling that yes, he is an anti-vax. It's not even a feeling. Like he he basically Does he admit he, to he, it? He clarified those. Yeah, th- there there was an interview that uh is going around and I think it, it happened recently because uh of the movie that he has coming out Champions where he basically said like he thinks it's ridiculous that like he has to uh, that, that anybody has to like wear a mask on set when they're doing stuff, or that you have to take a take a shot to be able to to work or any of this kind of stuff. And so like he he's, he's come out and he's Here, here's here's so this is what I want to put forward to you guys to see what you guys think. So I was reading on Reddit. Somebody on Reddit um, had been to the episode, so they were there in the live studio audience of the actual taping. Yes, and they wrote a great review. Uh, I wish I had the Reddit screen name. I don't. It, but I always that, that happens on the Reddit uh, SNL subreddit yeah. fairly often, and it's always fun. They said that his stuff was on the cue cards, right? So but my problem, or, or I guess what I want to hear from you is, so these are jokes that were approved by the SNL team, and this was a story that was that had their blessing to go. Is that problematic at all? Yes, well, yes, and here's why: um, I don't give a shit that it was anti-vax. I give a shit that it wasn't funny. <laughs> like it, so you well, you, you have, got the whole other problem there, you, right? Yeah, is, it wasn't. This a, is a comedy show, and that was one of the most stilted, terrible monologues I've ever. heard. It was just bad. It was seven minutes. It was a freaking yeah. Long one, it too. was it was Seriously. a marathon with no end in sight of these bullshit rambles that went nowhere, all to end on a dead joke that didn't make sense. And so yeah, you can listen. They've had polarizing figures on the show before. That that's not that's what the show should be, is having fun and, and making comedy out of anything. But it wasn't a but when it it's wasn't not a good funny, anti-vax joke, right? Yeah, I mean, make it an anti-vax joke. Fine, if it's hilarious, I'm gonna laugh. That was but it just that, wasn't funny. I mean, that was the least worrisome part for me, though. Like, sure, like that sucks that he's an idiot and he believes this stuff. Uh, but like at the same time, it's Woody Harrelson. Like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, but like my my frustration came from the fact that. The, the the premise of the monologue is that Woody Harrelson smokes so much weed that he can't focus on telling a single story to the audience, and he keeps going off on these tangents. He's like, "Oh, let me uh, let me let me get back to it," and then he gets to it, and he goes off on another tangent. That's fine, uh, a decent a decent premise. And and that premise in a joke has been done before, yeah. where yeah, the execution and, yeah. was poor, and there wasn't anything funny about the tangents or what he was doing and how it went off. So it just it felt long and drawn out and boring and stupid, and the, the fact that it ended on that note just made it worse. The person that wrote to uh, this review said it was actually kind of awkward in the audience because people weren't really laughing that much. Right, and, and um, over and seven it, minutes, you need a couple of really either, either if you're doing a monologue for seven minutes and you don't get one applause break, something's going on. Yeah, that's what a stand-up does sometimes, exactly. right? Somebody that's skilled in this kind of thing. Oof, um, oof. It wasn't good. I, I would vote it as... For me, the worst monologue of this season. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I just can't remember the last one. Maybe since we started a worse one. Yeah. yeah. Again, and we've had um, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian was on, and honestly, I'm gonna go back and unfortunately watch it again and be like, yeah, hers was better. She tried. <laughs> yeah. She she did something. All right. Moving on. Pop. Jail scene written by Mike Desenzo, Jake Norwin, and Ego Nuotum. A visit between a prisoner played by Woody Harrelson and his wife Chloe Feynman gets interrupted by two officers played by Ego Nuotum and Keenan Thompson. Thoughts of this one? I, it was fine. For a split second, I got excited because I thought they were going to do a, a sketch based around him being Carnage in the Venom sequel. <laughs> uh, and then, it, then, 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 no, um, no. Like I, this is one where, like, it felt like a 
an amusing premise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went on for far too long, and I feel like the 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 end result would have been better if it was possible to actually pick out every now and then some funny things that either Ego or Keenan were saying. You had but, to focus on yeah, one or the other. Yeah, but they were but they were talking over each other at pretty much the same level and so much that it was hard to even hear and pick out anything that that maybe would have made it funnier. Yeah, I feel like this had the pieces to be a good sketch. It never really worked out for me, but you you saw where they were trying to go with some yeah. of this. I don't mind and there this was some att- funny. I don't mind this attempt at all, yeah. right? This is a different style of premise like you you normally don't see two characters truly talking over each other and this is why right like you just said you need to be able to suss out what they're actually saying so even if there was just a slight breath so that you could kind of hear one of the jokes but i've also read people are lauding the sketch because it's it is kind of hard to talk over each other and keep it going and so like the performance value for some people has been there sure and i'm like okay fine but just because you're keeping a straight face while talking over each other, that doesn't make that good comedy. Yeah. Another thing, I, I didn't, again, another impression or another, you know, performance by Chloe Feynman in the sketch that I just didn't love what she was choosing to do with some of it. And again, I like Chloe Feynman. I think she, I gave her an MVP very recently, but I didn't love this, uh, her, her choice in some of these uh, things there. All right, move on. Uh, Please Don't Destroy got a pre tape in very early in the episode. But I guess you could figure out why once you've watched all the other ones. <laughs> called The Stakeout, written by Martin Hurley, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. Now, the Please Don't Destroy guys haven't been on all that much lately, so it's good to have them back. A Stakeout with Woody Harrelson reveals a shocking secret between a group of friends, played by Ben Marshall, Martin Hurley, and John Marshall. It also features Uncle Keenan Thompson. Um, this sketch is everything that I assume happens between you and I when I'm not here. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah, we have kids. We are, we yeah. are kissing. We are kissing. We, we are trying uh, to find like, someone to replace I you. go because, again, I have to tinkle a lot. I go and I'm like, we oh, I a, come back we, down. And you guys are awkwardly going to your sides of the very, studio. We have a very famous African-American comedian come in and be uncle to our yeah. kids. It's pretty much spot on. And you are the tall one. Yeah. So what do you guys think of this? I thought it was really funny. I, I love the, you guys know this. I am biased towards the people who destroy guys. They they crack me up. I thought it was good. Yeah, very funny. Love this. Great sketch. Good stuff. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah, you didn't like it. Uh, no, no, I did. Uh, uh, I think that. Um, so that immediately when I said writing night and they were cutting, I'm always like, okay, this is another one where it's going to be a bottle episode of them in the office. I'm really glad that they moved away from that. Not that I was, honestly, not that I was getting sick of it whatsoever. Yeah. They're, they're very talented. They all start at, with the writing. No, no, but I mean, like, most but of it, them are, stay there. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of them yeah. just stay there. This, you know, obviously, they driving to a person's house, you know, making it outside the office is funny. Woody Harrelson had a, had the, had, when he pulls out a gun, I, I laughed. I mean, yeah. that's a really funny, okay, no. well, now we're going to go kill him, right? Well, this was good because Woody Harrelson was playing a version of himself, you know, doing the thing where he's like, it's 2015, man. He's like, it is 2023. <laughs> And his, you know, his father was a professional hitman, so there, there you go. go. Uh, no, it, it, it makes sense. It was a, it was a funny sketch. Uh, Woody Harrelson did his part, obviously, and that's what you want the host to do in these things, where it's like, yeah, be along for the ride, play your part, do what they tell you to do, and it'll be fine. And it was. It was very solid. Yeah. All right, moving on. Slingshot, written by Brian Tucker. Let me confess, I have watched a lot of YouTube videos of people <laughs> going on slingshots. So this, this, this sketch didn't 
necessarily hit the mark for me, but I knew what they were going for. So Couples on a Double Date, played play by Woody Harrelson and Keenan Thompson, Heidi Gardner and Ego Nuotum, decide to ride the slingshot. It also features Molly Carney and Michael Longfellow as the Carneys. Ah. So ah. what did you guys think of this? Have you guys ever seen like a YouTube or a, like a- pa- The yeah, pass out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It always makes me laugh. I feel like that bit should stay on Instagram or Snapchat. It didn't necessarily work for me. I will say this. Kudos to Keenan for doing some great physical comedy, though. Got the green screen behind him. You've got these kind of things. And he's he's almost, you can see him kind of smirking. Of course. In because how silly it probably looks so one if of the, you're watching it. One of the weird things for me on this is, you know, when, when even though it's sketch comedy and even though the host is supposed to just play any character, it does bug me a little bit when they play something like out of age range. And, like, and I'm like, these are double dates, and Woody Harrelson's like 60 years old, basically. I'm sorry? You think that 60-year-olds can't, can't date younger people? You What? You, are you just jealous yeah, because you, Woody Harrelson got Heidi Gardner? Just you did? calm it down. <laughs> calm it all down. Wow. Uh, but it clearly, it, it just it just threw me off a little bit. I'm like, you know, she would know that he doesn't like to do, like, what he's nervous. Like, what, anyway, that's, I know, that's a nitpick. But I did like Keenan's physical comedy here. I also, you know me, I always like, okay, what's the escalation? And it's not like it escalated crazy, but it did enough for me. Like, oh, I peed, I peed all down my leg. Like, that was enough? That, I mean, it was- what You I do like a, a good pee on your leg. I'm though. not sure what else they should have done. You know, I can't write a that, better one. That was one, my but, problem is I, I didn't- I, I think didn't, a different sketch probably. No, no, this was fine. Like, honestly, I liked Keenan. And that's why that part was funny. The part where Keenan's, you know- Obviously, in front of a green screen was fine. The sketch just didn't have a plot for me necessarily. No. Yeah, I, I like the effort that Keenan put yep. in, uh, even though that, uh, and obviously it's difficult to pull off. But the timing was off with the video from time oh, to time. Sure. Uh, you know, which was uh, frustrating on, on some level. But you, you know, it, it's hard to, to execute that and do it correctly, especially because he has because you can't see right. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it just it just wasn't that great, just, great just, of an idea. And like, as much as I appreciate the technical attempt of it, it just was not anything that I, I really, really wish that. In the way of escalation, like you got this opportunity where this guy wakes up from basically a coma, right? Every time, and so if he wakes up, isn't it funny to be like, you know, I cheated on you, yeah, or something, or, like, or like, like I'm adopted, and then he goes right back, he's like, wait, well, you're adopted? Wow, I never said that. Like, th- there are some things you could have done there, and I don't know why they didn't try to escalate in that way. But again, Keenan did enough for this where I didn't think this was a bad sketch. I thought I thought the sketch was fine. All right, moving on. Submarine launch written by Dan Bulla, Martin Hurley, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. So the Please Don't Destroy guys got another sketch written here. A captain played by Woody Harrelson and his crew, Keaton Thompson, Mikey Day, Bowen Yang, Andrew DeSmooks, James Austin Johnson, Marcelo Hernandez, Michael Longfellow, and Devin Walker. Every male in the cast discuss the interesting name of their submarine, Mr. Dingleberry's Gooch Balloon ASDF JKL semicolon 69. Uh, ask the Jackal. Ask the Jackal. This actually worked for me. It was silly. It's a little late to be doing a Bodie, <laughs> Bodie McBoatface <laughs> sketch, but there was enough for me that I actually laughed on this. I also thought it looked beautiful. Like it was a really well put together set and sketch. You know. Um, yes, the set looked great. Brad, did you like Brad, it? Did you like the sketch? No. Oh, why not? At La- all? Lazy, at late, all? stupid, dumb. Come on, the Aston for Jackal didn't make you laugh at all. No. Oh, come I, on. No, come on. I don't know because the, the 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 premise for this joke is so old, and they didn't do anything 
like interesting or or actually all that funny with it. And honestly, I, I one of my, my biggest frustrations with this entire episode, and this is the worst offender, is that Woody Harrelson isn't doing anything special in any of these sketches that anybody else couldn't do. Yeah, they didn't it, need him. It, it in feels this. like most of the sketches, other than the two where he was himself, essentially. Uh, they they basically had sketches sitting on a shelf, be like, okay, these are the sketches we can use when anybody is hosting, and they'll work entirely. T- t- this felt like that. Tell me this. So go back to where I I don't even remember when Bodie McBoatface was two thousand fifteen or something like that. Would it have been a funny sketch for you then? Yeah, because it's timely and relevant. Okay, and, and so the sketch wasn't bad it was just for you it's too late to do this no sketch. i mean it well it being too late didn't make get it him bad in. get him and also no, no, i just i i want to know like if, if the problem was the technicality in the sketch or if it was just because that is right sometimes jokes just aren't timely the, the yeah. that that was frustrating for me a little bit in that yeah i thought this would have been funnier a couple of years ago but I tried to spend some of that and say, but there were still enough jokes in there that got me to laugh. No, I, I did laugh at this, and I also thought that when he answers the phone with his wife, I mean, obviously he did a terrible job of, of delivering the lines, but that's a funny premise, too. It was like, and why is she leaving me? Like, that is a, he's always that guy. Okay, that that can be clever, but it was not executed well at all by Woody Harrelson. No, thanks. <laughs> and why did we not like this sketch? It was bad. All right, moving on. Pre-tape, uh, Colagard, written by only... Colin Jost, an advertisement for a colon cancer screening product, which is a real colon cancer screening product, goes off the rails. Um, this wasn't Jake from State Farm, but it but it was a decent ad. Um, this is great. Yes. And so I, I again a bright spot in a. They've done landscape. some really good ad parodies in in this season. They've done a couple of them now. Unleash on um, me, Daddy. And this was funny. This was though awkward. To watch with my twelve year old, <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. Who is now watching SNL with me, and I'm like, oh man, oh, crap. This was, uh, and he looks at me and just starts laughing. Uh, no, this was great. Yeah, this was great. Good voice work. Good, good had, animation. Had, good. Had, had really funny stuff because the premise itself is is, is very entertaining, and having having these Kolagard boxes talk to him and like just constantly saying "unleash" in me and everything. But then I, it gets an added layer because then it's actually Woody Harrelson and Which the, it, the, the couple watching across the street. Is Woody okay? Yeah. And this is the one time where they wrote something for Woody Harrelson where it's like, yeah. oh, we can make fun of the fact that he's high a lot and like maybe this is a thing. It worked on a lot of levels because of that. So I did like that a lot. Yeah, the escalation at the end there. Yeah, where really good. And the it boxes, just shows us the boxes. It's so many boxes too, yeah, by the way. And Woody's just taking down his pants. It was a perfect escalation. Then, you it know, was so good. Dismukes at the end being like, nah, I'm going to stay and watch. Like it's good. I didn't think they needed that, by the way. Uh, but it was good. It was fine. Yeah, I'm gonna stay and watch. Like they could have, w- they could have ended the sketch right yeah. before that, and it had been fine. I'm, I'm still. still fine with it. But it was fine. Yeah. I will, I will uh, offer one of my little logic nitpicks, though. Yep. Is because, as funny as it is for them, they, to, you would never poop in a female box. <laughs> as funny as it is for them to see, Woody don't tell Brad what he wouldn't, wouldn't do, please. <laughs> Surrounded by all the boxes that aren't actually moving or animated. It doesn't make sense that there are so many Colagard boxes in front of his house. No, it's Woody Harrelson, so he would have ordered so many of them. Would he have? Would he have? <laughs> All right. So regular listeners of the 10 to 1 podcast know that each episode we ask Brad uh, to rate the on his bradometer what kind of chemistry he thought that Michael Che and Colin Jost had on the weekend update. Because for Brad... Uh, the jokes aren't the only thing that he needs to see that are, are you know, uh, compelling. He needs to see some emotional energy and connection between the two 
uh, Weekend Update hosts. Now, before we get to Brad, usually Ben and I will talk whether or not we think that there was enough there and where Brad's going to rate it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was 97 to 98%. I was going to say, this this has got to be the high of the season. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it, but because Brad is a stickler, he, yeah, um, he I'm, doesn't I'm, he doesn't like to go he, too high. He is. I'm gonna say ninety one. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go almost perfect because no, this was he, he could have like they could have open mouth kissed you know and that's that's a hundred. But Brad. here's the thing is I know that Brad loves joke swapping and there seemed to be some elements of joke. Oh, swapping Oh, there were some here. joke swapping, and then there were also yeah you're gonna get me killed. Yep. Um, you know, yeah. Okay. Uh, ninety-two. The 92. Michael Chase. What did they really do wrong? 90, ninety-two. Ninety-two. I'm going to go with ninety-seven. Bradometer. Brad. Where was the Bradometer this uh, week? Ben again proves he has a great Son grasp because while it is fantastic, I love them uh, like giving each other jokes that like totally ruins the other reputation. That was hilarious. The thing with Michael Che and like, what did they do wrong? Yep. And then uh, what the, did they really do? What wrong? did they really do wrong? Yeah. And the 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 um. The callback to the slam dunk contest when it yep. sounds like somebody's a little mad, you know that it was great, and the interaction between them was so good. They just came out, I think, firing. Yeah, but it was only the second half. The first half was a little, was a little lacking. Man, the, yeah. Jeez, so you're just so so it, so nine, like a ninety one. Yeah, yeah. All right. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, again, <laughs> but you got to remember, we're dealing with Brad here. I, what did you think of it? Uh, oh my god, I loved it. I think it was one of the best of the season. Uh, so unfortunately. You have, uh, uh, I, and I, I'm going to forget the kid's name, but Mac McMillan or whatever that won the dunk contest, he's a six foot two white guy from the G League okay. that doesn't belong in the NBA necessarily, but he's a G League player. He wins the slam dunk contest that happened on All-Star Weekend, right, the weekend before. He knocks all of his dunks on the very first attempt, and he crushes the competition legitimately as a six foot two scrawny white dude. And you've got Woody Harrelson, who played... The character in White Men Can't Jump on the show, and you don't do anything with that. This episode, oh, that's a, that's it's a, crazy to me that they didn't do anything. But the jokes, at least, were uh, fire on uh, on 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 Weekend Update. Update. Yeah, Weekend Update. I didn't think that necessarily the uh, the the guests at the desk were anything. To Let's move about, on to those. But... So Weekend Update: Bill Walton on LeBron James and the Lakers, written by James Austin Johnson, uh, Josh Patton, and Brian Tucker. I did see on Twitter that Brian Tucker said that. James Austin Johnson essentially had never even heard of Bill Walton two or three weeks ago. I love that. I love that. He That's great. Uh, watched a bunch of YouTube, but also read Bill Walton's book to get wow. in his head um, and to see some of the crazy things and see if he can catch some of those things. And uh, oh, so I love it. James Austin Johnson plays Bill Walton, and he stops by that weekend update desk to discuss LeBron James and Los Angeles Lakers playoff chances. Now, Brad and I don't watch a lot of NBA. You watch a little more than yep. we do, Ben. Uh, you were probably a little more familiar with Bill, Bill Walton. Walton. is a coup. How was this? So so the crazy part about this, it, I look at this weekend update character much like I looked at Alex Moffat's uh, guy who just bought a boat. If you, if you flub a line, it's really going to cost you. And he didn't. Everything he did... Was yeah. orchestrated and well thought out, and and he's and he didn't miss a freaking beat. How he was the impression? Everywhere, and the impression is great. Uh, Bill Walton's insane, and so the teeth and the and the fact that I don't know if you saw how tall he was compared to Colin Jost. Mm-hmm. They clearly had him on some phone books. I mean, it was awesome, right? Obviously, there's a lot. The majestic you know, yeah. monkey of the sky will will receive you into his bosom. Yeah, and Bill Walton is a very hippy dippy like, guy. Yeah. He, he does that. The reason this worked so well for me was because, yes, Bill Walton is a character, but this is a caricature of that man, and it was executed 
perfectly. And it, yeah, there could have been maybe some funnier jokes in it, but my God, the the just the perfection of which the he delivered it was it was impeccable. It was so good. What did you think, Brad? Did you not like this one? No, this is one that I, I was like super tapped into or anything. I I liked James Austin Johnson's performance as Bill Walton. Uh, it did kind of remind me of Ric Flair a little bit. <laughs> sure, um, but. Uh, but yeah, you know he you was. You can pivot next episode. He, he was fun. Woo! He did. He did a good job. I did appreciate that. In, in all the chaos, he he didn't drop any of his lines or flub anything, which which was good. But like, it's I just wasn't in love with this. Yeah, there, there are sometimes, especially it seems like Weekend Update does this because again they get a little more niche on Weekend Update on some of their guests and some of their impressions and stuff like this. This didn't seem because I'm not a huge NBA fan. I don't dislike the NBA, but I I stopped watching in like 1999, um, and. Uh, everything I know, I just know from ESPN highlights, right? Sure. And so if it felt like, on one hand, I saw an incredible performer that I could tell was doing an incredible performance that I didn't get, but fully. I don't resonate with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's fair. It's super. It's fair. so like I, I, I can live with both of those and say, I bet it was written well. I bet it was executed well. And if you I guys, it's one of those things where after the fact, for it, me, if you watch an, uh, uh, Bill Walton, yep. like a little bit on his commentary, you're like, oh, I get what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. And so somebody like you that has seen Bill Walton on God, ESPN or so TNT, fun. whatever it so is. Fun. All right, moving on. Gina Bianchi, Bianchi on the joys of motherhood, written by Jimmy Fowley, Heidi Gardner, Allison Gates. Um, and did we decide is this Sierra or Kiara? I think it's Kiara. Yeah, didn't you say that you learned that? I think it's Kiara O'Sullivan. Yep. Oh, um, but my son. So this playing Ben's mom. Um, <laughs> hashtag boy moms. He's so, thirty eight. He's he, get this. He's he's writing. Oh my god, he's writing checks out of my wallet. So this was a sketch again, kind of a little bit like before. I saw a lot of women on Twitter, a lot of uh, women on Reddit and stuff say like. This really hit them. This they thought this was hilarious because they've dated men with moms very similar to this. And Heidi Gardner is clearly tapping into something that maybe friends or her. I or love all my kids equally. With. Yep. What did you guys think of this? Her performances sometimes to me seem pretty similar. Um, her, her especially, the, especially the characters that who like who are gushing about yep. something. Yeah. So that's very true. What do you think of this, Ben? So yeah, I mean, you know me, I love Miss. I think they're incredible. Uh, but, yes, it, it, they are blending together a bit now where it, it's it, it's the, the touching of the coast, right? Michael and, and Colin, and they t- yeah. yeah, it's very, it's it, and for this specifically, too similar. Like, it, I get the premise, it was a funny enough gag, but man, there's got to be some differentiation there. It was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't too far removed from Colin's aunt. Yeah. 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 Colin! Yeah. And and or the, um, uh, the boxers, boxers yeah. uh, girlfriend yeah. or whatever. And when you put them side by side, they tend to sometimes look a little similar. It blends a bit. Um, Not to say that I didn't enjoy watching it. Because the concept was funny. There, I there's think. enough there, funny. There's there, yeah. enough there. Um, I just always wonder, like even with the Bill Walton thing, and I know I just gushed about that, but like these are the two we can up the character they chose. Man, that's it. Those are the two. Like, there, there's nothing. There better? was a cover time one. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Sarah Sherman because she wasn't on the episode that much. No, uh, she was not. Uh, she voiced a box, and she, she was did. in the, the old person in a sketch coming up soon. But um, coming soon. So after Weekend Update, there was a tribute to longtime production designer Eugene Lee, who died uh, February six. And I, I wanted to mention him a little bit because he kept on working until he died, and he was in his 80s. Uh, he was still in SNL. And other than those five years that Lauren left, he left as well. He was with the show the whole time. Wow. 
and we sometimes do talk about production stuff here, our production design, mm-hmm. set design, these kind of things. Um, the people that are doing so much of the work, you know, are for in the their per- 80s. Perfor- for the performers to shine on Saturday night, um, are these people that, again, Eugene Lee, these kind of people that don't necessarily, you don't know their names, you don't, you couldn't point them out on the street, but he helped build this show into what it is today. So. Yeah, no, he passed away uh, uh, almost a month ago, and, and I'll tell you, in the last month, the show has just not been that good on production <laughs> design, so we miss you. R.I.P. Eugene. It is interesting, though. This season, they've shown a couple different, you know, cameos of different, you know, people, set design or different staffers, these kind of things, and a lot of them have been with the show for 30 yeah. to 40 years. Yeah, the, the whole time. Yeah, you know? and so uh, at 50 years, we've talked about this a little bit on the show, we don't know what's going to happen, whether they're going to just end it. I doubt they will, but- they won't. Um, you know, with Laura Michaels might retire then. It, it, I mean, what is he? What? What? Lauren is what? 78 years. He's I mean, not ninety-eight. <laughs> no, but he's 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 like eighty, right? I don't think so. I think he's like in his early seventies. That's what I would guess. Nate, is he is he eighty? He is seventy-eight. Okay. He's <laughs> early seventies. Hey, what the hey, difference? Uh, his breadometer's broke a little bit now. <laughs> I'm not good with the ages. Who's who's older, Biden or Lauren? Well, Biden's 81. Okay, so he's got a good three years left before he can run for president. But uh, it is interesting, though, because at that 50 years, I'm sure a lot of these guys are staying around in this. They oh, know, yeah. But um, until then, it'll see. It'll be interesting to see how many of them change at that 50 year and how much the show on the I, back end changes. I honestly well. feel like every single person that is on the staff, not the, not the crew, or not the cast, but the crew, all of them will do what Lauren does. If Lauren leaves, you'll see a mass exit. I really do feel like they they feel like they're a part of the show because of him. And so if and when he does decide to leave, you're going to see a huge changeover in crew. All right. That's my personal opinion. There you go. Next up, The Hippo, written by Martin Hurley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, Shooter Seidel. That's the third sketch these guys have written in this episode. A lead actor played by Woody Harrelson struggles with his film getting canceled. It also features Mikey Day, Edgar Wodham, Chloe Feynman, and James Austin Johnson. Um, so this is a playoff of the newer film, The Whale, uh, that Brendan Fraser does not gain weight for, but has, a, I think, a, a, a bodysuit on, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> this was, I thought, one of the better sketches of the night. There was enough there. It didn't come together the whole of it to me for perfectly. I thought Woody was the one. Of, this is one of his better performances in this episode. The whole idea, because we're we're used to actors, and some actors do gain weight for for roles. Uh, Sean Astin famously did for Lord of the Rings. He gained some weight for to play uh, a, a Hobbit. These kind of things. Typically, that's, that's though, definitely the most extreme example. Yeah, but typically it's it's <laughs> it's somebody that's. Losing weight, right? That is getting into great no, shape. No, Christian Bale gained a shitload of weight to play Dick Cheney. But he also was the other lo- one. He was the one I was going to bring up. For the Christian exactly. Bale just keeps on swinging. Yeah. Well, now, well, now he won't though. He said he's after after Vice. He said he's done. But is yeah, he? but yeah, he did. He did Machinist, and then he bulked up for Dark Knight, uh, and then he had then he like that lose. What was the one that he lost? Like he was down to like hundred Machinist Res- Rescue Don. We, we, oh, he we, lo- oh yeah, he lost a bunch for Rescue Don. Yeah, yeah, there was one of them where he was like hundred and like thirty pounds. The Machinist was. Terrifying. Yeah, he and I remember he was like all skin and bones. I remember reading his quote unquote diet for that, and there's no healthy way to do that. And so the doctors wouldn't give him any advice. So he was like, "I ate an apple and a yogurt every day, and that's all I had." 
one apple. Literally starving himself. Yeah, exactly. And then like the next film was like Batman. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> well, Dark Knight, better uh, be able to 225 of pure muscle. Yeah. So what did you guys think of this sketch? Did it hit you guys? Was there enough there to, to make you like it? Did you not get it? I, I appreciated the, the concept, uh, the premise of it. Um, you know, the idea of listening to all these other people talking about their quote-unquote yeah. sacrifices yeah. while he gained, you know, 400-some pounds for the role. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't think Woody Harrelson was necessarily all that great. I felt like he could have done more with it. Like, he was kind of on the same level the entire time, just like, you know, vaguely forlorn about the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. was, Woody Harrelson was not a good host. Yeah, uh, you know, so like... It, uh, yeah, that, that was the most frustrating thing to me is I feel like they could have done more with, with that and how there, there was, similar to the frustrations we have in other sketches, there wasn't really any real escalation. Yeah, that was the one problem there. I, I, the forlorn thing, though, he was kind of, I thought, a little bit, not apathetic, but a little bit kind of, like you said, forlorn the whole episode, or just kind of down a little bit. Um, but it, for me, it worked in the sketch. This was the sketch you want it to be because he's realizing, you know. But that, um, that's why I didn't. Think it worked very well because it's like okay he's not really doing okay yeah much he doesn't have to do here. anything else yeah. that he did the other like at, even after he sits down and like well I mean you got the Marvel movie he's like yeah no I, I think that ship has sailed like he's still not even mad about it you know? yeah he's still kind of processing the whole time where you know uh, Odom's character shadowed a psychiatrist for two yeah. weeks and was more <laughs> mad didn't about it than, get paid yeah and I'm, I, I I see what they were doing there but again if you're gonna have that dichotomy. Have the dichotomy, you know, have somebody really upset about it, or at least escalate to that. But yeah, did you not like this one? I uh, know. I mean, I, the, again, on the scale of what this episode was, I thought it was <laughs> you know, one of the better few. Absolutely, I, I I didn't mind the sketch whatsoever. For a meal it, covered in shit, this yeah. had just a little bit of shit on it. It put a little salt on it. It it, it could have, of course, been better, but I did like. I like the premise. I like the three other people in there. I like the director. Also, the line where uh, where Mikey Day said that he had 28 friends. Yeah, that was he says funny. 29. Yeah, and yeah. like, wait, I wasn't even one of your friends. Like, yeah. that was really funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, final sketch of the night, and then we'll get to um, the cut for time. Beautiful Jim, written by Allison Gates, Ken Sublet, and Bowen Yang. Two men played by Woody Harrelson and Bowen Yang. Get fancy at the gym. Fancy Pants McGee. It also features Michael Longfellow and Sarah Sherman. Her only time in a sketch other than voice acting in the Color Guard sketch. What did you guys think of this one? I really liked this one, actually. Did you really? Because I, it's, it's, I did. This was the first time in a long time where this felt like they had a legitimate 10 to 1 sketch in an episode that didn't really have anything super weird happen. Uh, and I, I wasn't expecting to, to like it. Like when they, when they had the title card introduction, I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, but it turned out really funny. Like it just, it just had a lot of nice little touches. It about. almost felt vintage for me. Vintage yeah. SNL. Like, yeah, it did, it did feel like something that could have been like in like the late nineties or something yep. like that. Um, Jim's so nice. The, it the, should be called James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, that, that was, was a great line. line. The, the cobblestone treadmill was a really, really funny thing. There was, it just, it, it kept getting more and more, uh, absurd. And I, re I really appreciated that. Yeah. Me too. All right, uh, let's go to the pre-tape now. Or sorry, the the cover time sketch that is a pre-tape. If you don't know uh, SNL, you know they, they they create a bunch of different sketches for each episode. Uh, they whittle them down. Then they do a, a dress rehearsal where they probably have an extra three or four in the dress rehearsal. They cut the ones uh, that don't work, but they always and, record the dress rehearsal and they record them. And if we're lucky. Sometimes they'll post them on their YouTube page. They don't always, but sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't because they might use them in a later episode. Yeah. Um, but they did post one this time um, because uh, Woody Harrelson is actually in this sketch. Uh, it is a pre-tape called Musical Promo written by Allison Gates and Ken Sublet. Um, Woody Harrelson and, 
uh, Kenan Thompson and some other ones play. Uh, essentially, it's a musical about singing to yourself. Um, the songs that we sing when we're by ourselves um, about different things. Did this work for you or not? I thought this actually should have been in the show. It was better than some of the other sketches. I was gonna say, like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the it wasn't the best. But when you watch some of the bad ones that were there, I thought, why would they cut this one? Yeah, yeah this one I felt should have been in there. I, I it wasn't enjoy- perfect, but it I was- enjoyed it. It it hits close close to home for me because I love coming up with stupid little songs to, <laughs> to myself and you? even with other people. I do it all the time. Yeah, um, if you've listened to our other podcast, Go Flix Yourself, you'll know we like to sing little songs. <laughs> yeah, let's do those doing stupid little songs, and it was yeah, this was it, it was an entertaining little sketch. Yep. Oh yeah, it was it was I, fine. I it thought Keenan was great in this, by the way. Yes. I, his, some of his were just my favorite parts of it. Hey, uh, before we get into MVP and sketch of the night, I wanted to do a little little short little game here for with you guys and our listeners. Um, so we've got two new five timers. We won't count Jack White there because he's a five time musical guest. Um, Woody Harrelson is now a five-time host. And Scarlett Johansson did come out to give him the jacket. So what I want from you guys is to see how many will go one-to-one. So let's say Brad will go first, then Ben, then back. How many five-timers can you guys name? Okay. Okay. Wow. Brad, go ahead, start. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Okay. Do you know how many times? Uh, They just did it recently, and it's uh, 16? Correct, 16. Ben. Uh, I will go Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, yes. Do you know how many times? Uh, I'll say 14. No, 17. Ooh. Brad. Uh, By the way, you guys just picked the two that have been on the show the most, 16 yes. or 17 times. Uh, Tom Hanks. Correct. Do you know how many times? I'm going to say nine. Close, 10. Uh, ben. John Goodman. John Goodman, yes. I'll how many? Seven. No, he's at number three, 13 times. Whoa. Oh. Yep. Uh, Brad. Uh, Candace Bergen. Okay. How many times? I'm going to say seven. Incorrect. Five. She's oh, just a five-timer. Oh, five. Okay. Yep. She's a five-timer. But yeah. good job. Yeah, good. You guys are doing great. All right, Ben. <laughs> you guys are doing great. Uh, uh, Nobody's guessing any that aren't yeah, on here. So. You know, I'll say Woody Harrelson. <laughs> you can't guess Woody. <laughs> Why not? Was he not part of the five-timers? You know what? Fine. Okay, fine. Fine, fine. Scarlett Johansson. Correct. How many times? Five. Incorrect. Six. Damn it. Brad. Justin Timberlake. Yep. Correct. How many times? Seven. Nope. Five. Oh. Ben. Dan you guys are doing great, by the way. Huh? Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is not on the list. Is he not? Really? He's been, he, maybe, oh, you know what? Is he just in he's the always skit? He's always he's the bartender. Always in the bar- I yeah. think he's always the bartender. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I'm out. So, no, I mean, you can still go, but you didn't get that. Nope, point. he's out. <laughs> <laughs> Brad. Wait, hold on. Let me think. Let me just think if there's somebody else I can come up with, okay? Just give me a second here. Brad. <sighs> you know. Chevy so Chase? Chevy Chase. Yes. How many times? Uh, Five. Eight. Oh. All right. Ben. Oh, I thought it was out, but now I'm back. I mean, I'm, I'm back in. Thanks, buddy. Um, Okay. Let's go with. Um, How about. No, no. Brad's got some more. We're not there, yeah, we're not there yet. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, all right. <laughs> Five Timers Club, SNL. Yeah, uh, no, that's Christopher the, that's the game that I was going to give you. I need more cowbell. Yep. How many times? Oh, yes. I'll say eight. Close. Seven. Brad, do you have any more? Paul Simon? Paul Simon is not. Really? On that. I nope. thought he was. No. I thought he only had done it four I times. I think he's only done it four. Oh, bummer. Okay. I think he's been on the show other times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Who is Paul Simon? Is famously Lauren Michaels' best friend? Uh, Elliot Gould. 
Elliot Gould, good guest. Yes. How many times? Six. Correct. Brad, do you have any more? Paul Rudd. Correct. How many? You know, you should know this because we've he's been a five timer since we've been hosting this show. Yes, it is. I believe it's, it's technically four and a half. Yeah, technically five and a half, but it's but it's six, isn't it? No, it's five. It's five. It's five? Okay. No, exactly. it was. I, we felt really bad for him because uh, his fifth time was shitty because it was a oh, like, that's, COVID oh, yeah. close down. It was so, COVID close down, right? So yeah. that's that's what it was. But they but they brought him back as a guest spot and they gave him yeah, his, but yeah, he yeah. wasn't a host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you guys. Uh, let me see. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten left. Whoa. Whoa. How many more can you get? Gosh. There's ten more people that have hosted. Five. Yeah, so this actually is I'm an ongoing conversation to say uh, there was an article, I don't know if you read this, they should cancel the Five Timers Club because it's Too not big. It's it's not um, elite enough. It needs, it needs to be the Ten Timers Club. Yeah, yeah kind of. Okay. Need to be reaching for. Yeah, you yeah know, I mean, I'm going to assume that like back in the day, you're, you're going to have quite a few from the, like, the 70s who were maybe cast members when they hosted at the same time, things of that nature. Um, like I'll say, how about Eddie Murphy? No, um, Eddie Murphy famously did not come onto the show until recently again. Yeah, he's, I think um, he's only hosted twice. So there were some people though, that were like on the cast, and then they no, you're as well. you're missing some, some. I will tell you this: some of the ten are former cast members. Yeah. Yep, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, correct. Uh, how many? Six, five. Will Ferrell, correct. How many? Five, correct. Uh, most of, I think, everyone you have now is like five. Yeah. All right, any more? Mm-hmm. Fancy. Oh, so many fancy things. Um, go for it, Brad. I know you got one, buddy. I don't know if I do, actually. It's got one more. tough. It's Slim Pickens I, I, I can, Yeah. No, Slim Pickens did not host Even five though there's nine of them out there. I will tell you this. One is a former cast member that um, is... Uh, just Part of the a, cast had a child not too long ago with a very pretty woman, uh, pretty woman named Olivia. Down the street, pretty woman. Oh, it, oh, really? Already? Yep. All right, Jason Sudeikis. No. <laughs> I mean, what you just said fits the parameters. I, I just realized it does. <laughs> Olivia Munn. Oh. No. John Mulaney. Yeah, Thank you. He's <laughs> <laughs> hosted five times as well. That's I'm like, funny. wow, that really does work. But so, <laughs> no. Also, actually, you're wrong because John Mulaney is not a former cast member. He's a writer. But <laughs> Tina Fey. Correct. Five times. Six. Damn it. Okay, think of. Um, um, that's I'm tapped out. That's okay, really yeah. Do you have any more? Cause, no, I don't think so. All right, I'll give you the rest of them that you have not gotten. Um, we'll start with the most. Drew Barrymore has done six. Oh, oh. There we go. Yep. Danny DeVito has done six. Oh. Wow. Oh, he should come back. Yeah, please. Jonah Hill has done five. Ooh. And Dwayne Johnson has done five. There really? You go. Yep. Melissa McCarthy has done five. Yeah, there okay. it is. Okay. And right. Ben Affleck has done five. All right. Okay. Okay. okay, I'm not mad at those misses. No, like that's, yeah. I'm a little mad at the well, Rock. You I guys should have seen that. Coming. You did pretty well. Um, those are. I'm. I'm very, very proud of you. I well, would like to see uh, uh, Emma Stone get her fifth. Yeah, I wonder. I should have done a, a, like a who's on and their then, fourth. You know, uh, Charles Barkley. I would like to see him get his fifth. Mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth has done three. I would love to see him do four. Yeah. All right. Let's do our final, um, final talk here, guys. What was? We'll start with sketch of the night for you. Um, what was your favorite sketch? For me, it was Please Don't Destroy, followed closely by Colagard. Okay. And I'm going to strike that, reverse it. Colagard. 
Uh, it was for me. Please don't destroy. Um, I thought that was a really great sketch. And um, you are correct, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, MVP. Uh, it's a double MVP because it was the only, really the best thing about the entire show, and it's Michael J. and Colin Jost. Really? Yeah. Give it to both of them. Yep. Uh, I thought we really. I I I do remember one time you tried to pick a weekend update. Yeah, he got really mad at me. No, 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 no. It's when you it's when you pick one of the weekend update segments with the and I don't agree as your favorite no as your favorite sketch because not technically a full fledged sketch. That's the thing. It's a bit. Yes, it's a bit. It's a skit. All right, I'll give it. I'll give it to Keenan just because of the physical comedy. The the passing out was really funny. All right, I'm going to go with, uh, since Brad picked two, I'll pick three. I'm going to go with the Please Don't Destroy guys. Uh, they wrote three sketches tonight, uh, and I thought three of the better sketches. Fair enough. Um, uh, one. And, uh, what? The three. I thought the that submarine were... sketch was trash. No, it, was it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, it, wasn't. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. Like was bad. I said, I, you put all of those, the hippo, the submarine, and the Please Don't Destroy sketch were, I think, three of the f- four best sketches in this. I'd rather give it to the Cola Guard boxes. <laughs> All right. All seven of them. uh, We're very excited about next week. Who's the host, Brad? Garth Brooks. With musical guest Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. Yeah, and he's got a. uh, This time it's Garth Brooks is going to be doing alternative music and Chris Gaines is doing country. So it's going to be. We're going to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we have. uh, We're not not excited about this one. (laughs) Uh, uh, What is the name? Travis Kelsey? Is that what it is? Yeah, the fucking tight end from the Kansas City Chiefs. Will you stop? I am. You don't know. You don't know. He might be a bro. But he might be funny. I just I, I I saw the interview after the Super Bowl, and he just seems like an insufferable truck driving asshole that wears the worst sunglasses you've ever seen. Like, I like just, he's gonna like guest spot on Joe Rogan right before this. Yeah, maybe. seriously. And you know, I just I just, just it, don't prejudge the lead. He could be very funny. Sure, maybe he is. But right now, I'm so down on Travis Kelsey because he just sounds like a douchebag, and I don't give a shit whenever they have people host after the Super Bowl. Like. The, most of the athletes who host SNL. You don't like any athletes? No, no, no. I like some of them. I think Charles Barkley, when Charles Barkley's on, that's hilarious. Uh, when Michael Jordan hosted, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, just, you know, Peyton Manning. Peyton, 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 Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is easily the best athlete by far. But mo- I, w- I would have him back in a heartbeat. 95% of the athletes they have host SNL suck. So I'm not excited 95%? about that. 95%? Name more good ones. Go ahead. Tara, I'll wait. I'll wait. Tara Pinsky. Lapinski is her <laughs> name. Michael Phelps wasn't terrible. He was pretty bad. It was a good episode. I remember though. one good sketch from that, that uh, episode. Eli Manning actually was okay. That that courtroom sketch was awesome. Eli Manning was not very good. The courtroom sketch was hilarious. No. Would you like to just read the, back those text messages? I'd rather plead guilty. Yeah. I, Eli I'm, Manning was not very good. Uh, I'm, 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 waiting for other, I'm waiting for other knockout athletes. The only t- other one, and he doesn't really. Uh, t- t- OJ t- Simpson? Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Brady. The only other one that, w- uh, that would might technically count, but he doesn't anymore, is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're counting that as an athlete, then he's the best of yeah. all time for sure. Did you guys know that Mr. T and Hulk Hogan hosted in 1985? I did not. Know I, that. That's I, I did know that because I remember there is a sketch where they're both. Uh, I forget who what, what the premise is, but they're both standing and they're talking to the camera, and somebody is saying something, and Mr. T can't keep a straight face, and he like laughs real quickly, and then all of a sudden he gets real serious again. That's what I don't remember what the sketch is, but I remember that little part of it. Uh, do you guys remember in 1994? Think. I remember this. George Foreman hosted. Nope. I do remember that. Actually. I do remember that one. Yeah, I do remember that. Deion Sanders in '95. Uh, again, it's hard to consider The Rock. I think he did host for the first time while he was still The Rock. I think he was The Rock still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there hasn't been a lot of really, really great. Yeah, see, ones. this is what I'm saying. So um, and so, my hopes are not high. Uh, do we'll we like see. Tom Brady or no? 
as a host? I don't even remember. I anything don't remember he anything he did, but I don't remember thinking I hated it though. LeBron James. He was okay. Yeah, I think that was a fun. No, episode. he was he was decent. Um, Ronda Rousey. Oof. Yikes. <laughs> John Cena. Oh, he's fun. No, he's good. Um, and then oh, what about what do you guys think? JJ uh, Watt. I like JJ Watt. I thought he was actually pretty good. I don't remember that was that was pretty recent, but I don't he's remember. Twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember yeah. anything. He was pretty out. good. He was pretty good. JJ uh, Watt though isn't I don't think a douchey bro. No, he, he's a charismatic, charitable human. He being. falls more like uh, Peyton Manning than he does. He, uh, it's because he's a good person. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't gotten Gronk to host SNL. I feel like he'd be fun. Oh, he can't read. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone, that is the episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week for another new episode. Hey, if you want to uh, listen to us on off weeks, uh, every week we post a new episode of our other podcast. Go flicks yourself where we. Talk about different films and have a lot of fun with games and just kind of razz each other a little bit. So if you're a fan of films and trailers, things like that, do listen to that. GoFixYourselfPod.com. Bradford, where can they find you online? At Ethan underscore Anderton. Uh, you can also find me writing about Saturday Night Live at SlashFilm.com. Uh, Sunday mornings is when my review hits of new episodes. And, uh, you know, keep an eye out uh, in the comments section uh, of Pornhub. Shiak. Jesus. That one's getting in edited. Sounds like you cuffed up a cup of cheese sauce. I was trying to keep that one in. <laughs> I didn't laugh. God damn it. Oh. All right. Ben Conowitz, where can people find you? Oh, man, I'm all over Twitter, guys. I posted two tweets yesterday. Ooh. None of them went viral. <laughs> and I didn't get like. I didn't get one like. The only people that like my tweets are you, Ben. At, you know what? And I, I retweet you as often as I can. I really do like that. Actually, I wake up and I like go on, and I don't have the Twitter app. Uh-huh. So I go to my browser. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that. And Twitter. I open it up, and I have it says three a lot of times. <laughs> and when I open it up, it's normally you, and I'm like, oh. Like, it's it makes like, me feel uh-huh. really good. So thanks, buddy. I, get, I, I do I get, appreciate yeah. that. So if you're listening to this, you know, at Ken Bonowitz, just throw me a, throw me a pity follow line. Me, throw me a bone. Throw I, me just a I pity. six followers. Please. Anyone other than my mom and Nate, please just like my stuff. <laughs> Nate doesn't like to retweet me. I don't know if it's because I swear too much or... or that's not true. I, I, I retweet you, and I'm the one that runs the 10 to 1. You retweet thing. me from our Twitter accounts, well, not, exactly. not from the Nate Laux account. No, no. Why would he? Why would he? a reputation. It's true. Guys, if you're in Northwest Indiana, you know, make the trip. Full Tilt Arcade and Pinball. Located in Laporte, Indiana, it's a, it's a good time. Yeah, come, if you're in the out. Chicagoland area, come over. Honestly, um, it's worth your time. You have, uh, and come and say hi to us. Twenty three pinball machines. We got uh, forty plus uh, arcade games. It's a lot of fun. Make make the trip. All right, you can find me on Nate Logs uh, or at Nate Logs and on all of the different sites. Also, I want to encourage you to uh, find us on our YouTube page if you want to listen to episodes there, and we try to put little clips and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, go to the ten to one dot com. And you can find our Twitter page and our Facebook page. Uh, we really do enjoy all the interaction that our fans give us and our friends uh, on on all of those and talking about this. I will we say we, just... we posted on, on Facebook, like, hey, what was your favorite blah, blah, blah. Now we're actually getting comments. Yeah. Before, like, honestly, radio silence. Now, like, three, four, five people are commenting. Yep. I love it. I love reading them. Yeah, same here. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Please do share and rate this podcast. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Bye-bye.